Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. The last uh, few months, well, first of all, we just celebrated last week. Actually, the sixth was the official day, but we celebrated six years as a church family. Growth Point Church is now six years old, and we're so grateful for that. I told you all at the ending of last week that it's not easy to start something. Not only is it not easy to start something, it's not easy to continue what you start. In the beginning, I told you that I was very fascinated with starting things, those who were inventors, those who were creators, those who were pioneers, starting things. Now, I'm more focused on people who have longevity and can continue what they start. We started out this church um, as a Bible study, of course, and then we grew into um, a church. We were as a Bible study, and we grew into a church. Y'all know that story. Um, but we, in the beginning, um, we set out some different things and mission statements and uh, core values and things like that, and we mirrored a particular um, non-church-starting um, program that basically helps you start for those who have never done it before. And we mirrored a lot of things that they did. And over the pandemic, a few of us, the creative team and some of our leadership, we started to look at Growth Point and take it apart and ask ourselves questions like, are we who we say we are or are we a church full of slogans? Are we a church that just has a bunch of slogans that we say, or are we delivering on the slogans that we say? So we started to really tear that apart, and it was uncomfortable to have some conversations and really start to ask ourselves, who are we drawing? Who is here? What is it that we're really delivering on? And uh, in the course of that, we started to reshape. Read, not necessarily redefine, but really zone in to who we were. Now, that doesn't mean we've changed anything, but we really started to hone in on what we were actually doing, not what we proposed to do. So as it relates to that, there's some things I want to talk to you before we go into our scripture today. But as it relates to the mission of our church, you'll hear me say it oftentimes. You look on our website, it's there. Is that here at the church, we provide an atmosphere for growth and grace for people together. That's what we do. It should be on the screen for everybody to be able to see that. That we provide an atmosphere for growth and grace for people together. That means that every time we gather together, whether, is that, whether that's uh, through our small groups, our circles of growth, whether that's our time together, uh, any other time, what we do, you should be able to leave here saying, I feel like I have the growth I need and I have the grace I need to be able to do what I need to do this week. This is not a place. If you're looking for the condemning church, this is not it. If you're looking for the church that's going to judge you and send you to hell, this is probably not it. This is the church that is here to provide you growth and, gr growth and grace every time you gather. Our vision statement here at the church is to make sure that we aim to lead and connect lives to Jesus at every point. Every point means no matter what stage of life you're at, we want to make sure that we aim to make sure, whether it's through our music, whether it's through the message, whether that's through any programs we have or ministries, our aim is to always connect you to Jesus. Not lead you to him, but just even not just lead you there and leave you, but to lead you and connect you. A lot of people will lead you somewhere and leave you. 
I don't want to drop you off. I want to make sure that when I leave you, I leave you better than what I found you. So we want to lead and connect lives to Jesus at every point of your life. That find, leads me to our core values. Our core values are growth, grace, and gather. Growth means uh, that you have the freedom to discover your purpose. What that means, freedom to discover your purpose, is basically everybody has a unique design. We should not all be alike. I grew up in the church where everybody had to preach the same. Everybody had to dress the same. Everybody had a hoop and a holler. We just had a different way we approached it, but everybody was the same. This is not God's design for us. There is a church for everybody. There's a sanctified church for people. There's a non-denominational church for people. There's a traditional church for people. There's a Catholic church for people. There's a church for everybody. That's why it's very important that we don't start judging people who do it differently than us. There, I was listening to someone just the other day. I hear all types of things about me. I'm fully confident in my skin. At 41 years old, I really don't care at this particular point. Uh, but there are many people who say uh, that Growth Point is a church that everybody comes. You can find some of everything. They just got some of everything in there. They, they say that as if that's offensive. Uh, what that means is people say they have no standard of holiness is what that means. I believe scripture says whosoever will let him come. What that means is my job as a fisherman is to throw the net into the water. He will clean the fish when we get them. What we want to do is clean the fish before you catch them. That's not good fishing quality. Fish always get, you have to catch it before you, you have to catch it before you clean it. And there are a lot of people who want to tell people how they should dress before you get here. You haven't caught people yet. You can't change them until they get in here. But my job is not to change you. My job is present Christ to you and he will do the work, not me. Scripture says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw. I don't ever need you to say, oh, you changed me. Oh, no, no, no. I don't have that much power. The power and the praise and the glory has to go to God. Because if I couldn't deliver myself, why do you think I can deliver you? So growth is the grace to, or the freedom to discover your purpose. And then grace is that it's more about relationship than religion. Which means I can teach you a whole bunch of religious practices, but that doesn't mean you have a relationship. Come on, scripture. Luke says, uh, he says, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? And Jesus said, yeah, depart from me because I never knew you. You did religious work, but you never gave me your heart. Many of us can do church, but not be the church. <laughs> Grace is about relationship over religion. I want you to have some discipleship. I want you to have some religious practices, but I don't want you to become a religion. I want you to have a relationship. Relationship will show you what to do with your religion. All right, this ain't my message. Lastly, together is to make sure that you have the fellowship or it's all about fellowship and community. I loved what our worship team did and I thank God for what our point of view did and thank God for our creative team and everything they did while we were online only. But I need fellowship with people. I was tired of looking at Deacon Milo every week. Those of you who don't know Deacon Milo, he's my dog. <laughs> he, he wouldn't get saved. He wanted to bark during the worship. And I'm like, you just, every bark shall bow. 
He, he just didn't understand the concept of online worship. And so we leave him at home. He'll get saved later. We bring the oil to him, the fire to him. But I miss the fellowship with people, even if it's with mask on and stuff. I miss that. And we want to make sure as I, I go into that is that when you get free from something, those of you who have overcome anything, have had any addiction, you need a community that supports you in your discovery of newness. There are a lot of us who point fingers. You need to change. You need to change. You need to do better. And my question always is, well, once they change, who supports them in their change? Because it's one thing for me to stop drinking. But if all my friends were drinkers and now you tell me to change and I've stopped drinking, are you asking me to be lonely? You don't like my sexual orientation. So if I change it. Will you talk about who I used to be or will you give me permission to grow in what I'm trying to be? Because some people get nervous based on who I used to be. And you need a fellowship to have community that will help you to be able to say, no, baby. This, see, I've missed some things about holiness, not all things, but some things because mothers used to come up to you and say, baby, your skirt's a little bit too short for the stage. Um, I know you don't have a husband, but other people do. And you can't sit on the front row like that while the pastor's preaching. You need a scarf over your leg. Now, some of y'all say, oh, that's why I left church. No, it was a principle of teaching you, you, you just came out of the club last week. So I'm teaching you how to respect God. I'm not trying to change you. I'm just trying to show you this is how we present ourselves when we're before God. It's not that you're not beautiful. It's just that we don't want lust to be created in praise and worship. I just want to make sure uh, that when they leave, they don't say, oh, how beautiful you are. But they say how beautiful he is. I just want to make sure. So we have to make sure that there's certain things. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I'm not trying to preach doctrine. I'm just saying there, there's certain things that we do. So when it comes to that, those are the different things that we're trying to deliver. Growth, grace, and gather. And make sure that everybody here gets that opportunity and that grace to do that. So today, I want to talk about our first, our first core value of growth. And I want to talk about that um, picking up from last week. Y'all remember last week? It was Easter Sunday. There's like a whole bunch of people here. Y'all remember that Sunday? So uh, it was Easter Sunday. And when we left off last week and last episode we left off and Peter had just gone to the tomb Peter ran to the tomb y'all remember that Peter ran to the tomb the women uh, the women did not believe that Jesus had got up from the grave they did not believe that not the women the women took the message to the disciples and the disciples did not believe that Jesus had got up from the tomb they didn't believe it it says but Peter one uh, historian say uh, that some of the women went to the tomb, but one woman, when she saw that the stone was rolled away, she ran, did not have an encounter with the angel, but she ran, and upon her running away, she ran into Peter. That's what one historian says. And she said that someone stole the body of Jesus because she didn't stay around long enough to hear the encounter with the angels. 
But the other women got the rest of the story. But it says that she ran and went to Peter. And it says, and when, we don't know who she was. But when she ran to Peter, it says that Peter left where he was, ran to the tomb. And when he ran to the tomb, he stooped down to look in to see if it was true. Y'all remember that last week? And he looked in and saw that it was true. And the scripture says last week, and I think the scripture's on the screen because I gave them all this stuff. It says last week, so y'all gonna have to follow me because I'm not gonna tell you when I'm going. You just gotta listen. He a hearer of the word. It says, and then it says he stooped in and he looked down and it says, and then he walked away and he walked away in amazement or wondering what had happened. Well, what had happened was when I left here last week, I said, there's more to that story than what I said last week because the organ was pushing me. So now I'm not, I want to tell you all the rest of the story. Someone say, tell me the rest of the story. So when Peter stooped in and he walked away, I asked myself, I said, self, myself said, huh? I said, why did Peter walk away like that? And why was he walking away in amazement if he had been with Jesus? And Jesus said, back up. I said, back up. He said, back up before I, I back up before I was crucified. He said, go backwards. Can y'all let me go backwards? I want to go backwards and I'm going to come forward. So when we go backwards, we find out that as we grow and as we grow in these different things, the first area that we're going to grow in is you're always going to grow in your confession. Someone say confession. So this is where Peter first had an encounter because the scripture says, and it's going to go on the screen. The scripture says that Peter, uh, Jesus was going around Caesarea Philippi. Come on, uh, come on, uh, Bible scholar, Caesarea Philippi. He went around and he said to the disciples there, he says, who do men say that I, the son of man am? Because someone's always going to have an opinion about you. So he said, what is the street saying about me? Because they have uh, many times people's perception of you is based on their need of you. I see you through the lens of what I need you to be. And when you are not who I need you to be, I cease from seeing you. So he said, who do people say that I am based on what they need of me? They see me, they see me cast out demons. They see me do miracles. Who do they say that I am? And, and the scripture says the disciples start having a conversation amongst themselves, as church people do. Everybody starts to talk, and everybody has a different impression. Uh, so, gee, one of them said, uh, some say you are John the Baptist because you are preaching. And some say you are Jeremiah because you are um, you're one who's out there, uh, like you're, you're weeping. You're weeping over the different things that are going on. And then some say you're Elias. You, you do miracles. And then some say you're one of the prophets you know some say someone say some say you have to sometimes wonder about your friends who aren't really sure of who you are some say <laughs> I wish I would change the message there some say they said some say you are this and some say you are that uh, he said but he said I know what they say but you've been walking with me who do you say You've been with me long enough. You, you weren't with me when there was a show. You were with me in private time. Who do you say I am? And Peter, the same one who ran, Peter says, you are the Christ anointed one. You are the son of the living God. Jesus responds to him. He said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. He said, for flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. 
He said, you got a revelation that is beyond any experience that you've ever had. You got something personal. He said, blessed are you for your revelation. He said, and you are Peter. First, he called him Simon. Blessed are you, Simon. He said, but you are Peter, which means little rock. He says, you are Peter. Those of you who think I'm going slow, I'm, I'm going somewhere. Just give me some time. Someone said, give him some time. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying to get this 727 off the road. It's going to take me some time. He said, he says, I want you. He said, you are Peter, little rock. He said, and upon your revelation, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What that meant was, he said, other people are going to have a personal relationship and a personal revelation like that. And based on other people who have a relationship of me or revelation of me outside of that, he said, the gates of hell will not prevail. That means that they will be fought. That means they will go through. That means they will be tested. But based on that revelation, nothing will be able to separate them from the love of God. Someone say nothing can separate me. I was watching the other day and I saw that Leandria I had this video that she had posted on Instagram of her singing. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And in the room that she was singing and she was singing it to DMX. And uh, while she was singing, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every time they showed the camera to DMX, he kept doing this. He kept pointing to his arms. And I was saying, why is he pointing to his arms? Why is he trying to flex? And why is he doing that? And every time she kept singing, he was like, come on, come on, come on. I was like, what's going on? And I believe when I was watching that, that what DMX was saying is, no matter what struggle I'm in, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. No matter what's trying to come, because you don't know what it's like until you've been on a war of your own. You can't relate to no weapon until you've had your own demon that you've had to fight yourself. If you've never had a demon, you, you quickly judge other people. But if you've ever had a demon of your own, you have to flex yourself and say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So when Leandria was singing, it was fight speaking to fight. It was struggle speaking to struggle. It was issue singing to issue. And Leandria saying, if I got to fight, you're going to fight. If we're going to win, we're going to win. And we're going to get through this thing together. Someone say, we're going to get through it together. Now, I know some of y'all want to say, well, that's not how the story ends. I'm going to come back to DMX in a minute. So it says, his confession. So you imagine once Peter got through with his confession, now Peter's walking around, Reese, walking around, you know, a little puffed up. Saying, I just made a confession about Jesus that no one else had. Y'all know we've all been there. You know, I just said something about Jesus that nobody else knew. He said, blessed are you. People, people's faith is going to be built on me. So he's walking around now, puffed up because of the confession he made. You know how sometimes your greatest confession is after your greatest praise break? You know, you leave church like, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready for that devil. Ooh, my feet got light. I'm ready for it. And we go ahead and we make these confessions. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed when I'm going. I'm blessed when I'm coming. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. My land is blessed. My dog is blessed. My cat is meowing and speaking in tongues. You don't know we make those confessions and we, you know, you know how we do. That was for Keitha. We go ahead and we, we make these confessions and we, we walk around and we, we, we confess things because we feel good. That was, first, that was Peter's first encounter where he said, blessed are you. Well, it didn't stop there. Jesus said, 
well, you're going to grow in your confession. He said, but there's another part of you over in Luke, he says, to the same person. He says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan desires to sift you like wheat. But I prayed for you that though you fail, your faith not fail. And when you are, am I in the Bible? And when you are converted, strengthen your brothers. Peter responds. He says, Lord, because, you know, he was still happy about his confession. You know, he says, Lord, I will follow you into death and prison. Jesus says to him, he said, the cock won't even crow until you have denied me three times. What does that mean, Mama Joe? He says, you're going to grow in your confession, but there's a part of you that you neglect when you confess. You're going to have to grow in your character too. Y'all ready for it today? Y'all want to go back last Sunday where everybody's shouting? He said, because last week everybody shouting about a confession. Oh, he's stooped low in Jesus. Yeah, all that stuff. He said, but don't get so high in your confession that you neglect your character. Because if you notice that scripture, Brother Barry, you notice the scripture, he says, he doesn't say Peter, Peter. He said, Simon, Simon. Y'all missed that. He doesn't say Peter, Peter. He says, Simon, Simon. What does that mean? Because earlier when he made his confession, he said, blessed are you, Simon. He said, based on that revelation, you are now Peter. You know how name changes. You know how one there used to be a Saul. And Saul was, was, Saul was fighting against the church. And in the midst of his encounter, God changed his name to Paul. Uh, Y'all don't know Paul. There was another person who had a, a, he had a struggle and he fought with God and his name was Jacob. And after he got through fighting, God changed his name to Israel. So here it is, Simon, before his, before his revelation, his name was Simon. But after his revelation, his name was Peter. But when he speaks to him, man, in the scripture, he says, Simon, Simon. And I said, what does that mean? Why did he call him Simon, Simon? He said, because the devil is not after your confession, you. The devil wants your character, you. He's not fighting the church, you. He's fighting the Monday, you. The Saturday, you. So when he says Simon, Simon, what he is saying is character, character. Not the, not the Peter you. The rolling up you. <laughs> the you that nobody knows. Because everybody wants everybody to know the confession you. You love everybody to know that part of you. Oh, I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost until you're not. The confession you is good. He said, but Simon, Simon, the enemy's after your character, brother. 
And the enemy, I hope this is helping somebody. He said, the enemy desires to sift you like wheat. And when I looked at that, of course, those of us who are not from the agricultural area and we're not from the farm, I said, well, what does that mean? And I looked up that, that sift like wheat and I don't have wheat, but it, the scripture says it's basically like tearing the head off of wheat. Ripping it apart. Can I have some people that will come up real quick? Come on, y'all, come on up. Take, come on, yeah. So, no, y'all just stay down. Come on, y'all, everybody, come on. Whoever can come, who is, whosoever willing, let them come. Here, take that. Go back to your seat. Here, take that. Come on, I just want to hand out some broccoli. I'll hand it out. Yeah. Hey, Danielle, hair looks nice. Yes. Come on, anybody else? It's more broccoli. All broccoli matters. Yeah, yeah. Just get a piece of it. Yeah, get a piece. I want you to cook. Yeah. Caesar, cook. Yeah, just take some of that. All right, here. There's some for you. Come on, I need some more. Hey, I like this sweater. Come on. I got to work out some more. All right, yes. Yeah, there you go. Come on, people are hungry now. They're like, yeah, I went to church and got some broccoli. Broccoli's for the kids. Come on, it's going to make you strong. Yes, Lord. Yeah, y'all get some. Here, you vegan. Come on. There you go. Here, you can have the whole thing. Take that home. There's pieces everywhere. He said, he wants to tear you apart to the point that you can't even find yourself anymore. He wants to tear your character apart to the point that everybody's got a piece of you. You can't even find yourself because you can't even remember who you gave a piece to last. You have given pieces of yourself to so many places that you can't even locate if you were trying to put it even back together again because you can't even remember the names. You can't remember the places. You can't remember the bottles. You can't remember what you rolled up last because so much of yourself is everywhere. This is the enemy desires to rip you apart. He wants to rip your character apart so much so that you have no more credibility in your confession. That everybody who sees you said, I had a piece. Y'all don't want to have church. Where everybody who sees you says, I got a piece of them. I messed up their mind. I messed up their, their stability. They can't even focus because of me. You can't even have a good relationship with your mom because she's got a piece of you. Can't even have a good relationship with your children or relationship with your family because you gave so much of yourself to everybody else. So now when you have an opportunity to live your life, you can't because you gave all your best years to somebody else. So now you're old and angry. Now you're middle-aged and bitter. Now you've been single forever and you're mad. You got divorced. He had moved on, but you're mad because you gave him what you thought was your best self. And now somebody else is now living with your project. I don't have much time. He said he 
demands to sift you like wheat, to throw you off, to have you scattered everywhere. I know a lot of y'all don't like this type of church. Uh, he said, I, he wants to throw you off. He said, but I prayed for you. He said, I prayed for you. Can, can we just stop one moment? Because I know you felt bad for a moment. But can we just stop and thank the God that he prayed for us? Can we just have one praise break? If you don't have no other hope, know that somebody is praying for you. If you don't even know the name, just that you, you, you are only in church today because you are answer to somebody who gone on their prayer. They didn't even live to see you make it. They live with you still torn apart. But look at your whole self now sitting in church trying to grow. To God be the glory. He said he prayed for you. The scripture says, what I prayed is important to know what he prayed. Because some people come to you and say, I'm praying for you. But sometimes you need to ask, what are you praying? Because some people aren't praying for you, they're praying on you. I don't have a lot of time. So he said, I prayed for you. And what did I pray? I prayed that when you fail, your faith not fail. Now, some of y'all say, now, Jesus actually prophesied that he would fail. He said, no, I know you. I know you're going to fail. I'm not saying you might fail. I'm saying when you fail. See, we don't want to talk about the failing you. You want to talk about the confession you. But if we could have real testimony service, you can say, I'm saved, but I'm still going through in my flesh. I'm saved, but I hadn't prayed today. I love God, but I don't like people. I'm having a difficult time. If we could be real and tell the real truth, not the church truth, but tell the real truth, I fail sometimes. Sometimes I post the wrong stuff. Sometimes I dress the wrong way. Sometimes I let you have my tongue instead of holding my tongue. Sometimes I fail. Sometimes I don't parent right. Sometimes I get my money in the wrong places. Sometimes I don't dress. Sometimes I don't do the right thing. Can somebody holler out in the room? Sometimes I fail. If you would confess your failures more, you would be less judgmental. If you would tell somebody, my breath smells like alcohol too, but the only reason you don't smell it is because I got a mint before I walk in church. If you would tell the truth. I fail sometimes. Matter of fact, I fail a lot more times than I care to admit. I fail. The preacher fails. The pastor fails. The musicians fail. If you look, the only reason people like Snapchat is because it dissolves. Because I want my failures to disappear. But what happens when your failure keeps following you? I got to get out of here. He says, when you fail, I pray your faith not fail. What's that mean? I pray that your confessions stay the same. That just because you fail, that your confession does not change. That just because you fail, you don't become your failure, but you confess above your failure. Someone holler out in the room right now, I am not my, I am not my failure. Someone say it, I'm not my failure. He said, I pray your faith, faith not fail. 
And then he says another thing. He said, and when you are converted, because you're not going to stay there. I know you're going to fail, but I also know you enough to know you're not going to stay there. I know you're going to mess up, but I know you enough to know that when you get through crying over it, you're going to get up again. Someone just look at someone around you and say, I'm going to get up again. I, I'm gonna, I feel like by Angelo, I rise again. Just tell somebody, I will get back up again. He said, when you fail, strengthen your brothers. Tell them how you failed. Don't tell them what church you go to. Tell them how you failed before you went to church. Tell them, even when I was in church, this pandemic, I had more failures than I had Jesus. I failed. So Jesus said, uh, you're going to be tested in your character. I hope this is meant to somebody. So you're going to have to grow through that. You're going to grow from your, you have to grow from your confession. You have to grow through your character. He said, and then he says to him, he says, one account says, and I'm almost through. One account says that the woman ran to Peter and then Peter ran to the tomb. That's one version. Another version says, uh, and the scripture is going to go up on the screen. It says that when they got to the tomb, they found the stone was rolled away. They were terrified and they saw one angel. One account says two angels. This account says one angel. What does that mean? Some people say, oh, the Bible contradicts itself. No, what it means is even while I'm preaching to you right now, all of y'all are getting different messages. According to your need, you're hearing something completely different. I haven't changed, but what you need is changing. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are all different accounts, all of the same story, but according to their perspective of what they saw. So one person saw, Brandon, I feel like teaching. One person said, he said that, he said that they, he said that they went there and it was only one angel. And the angel said, and then why are you looking for him? Who's, he's, he's not here. He's risen, as he said, as the other account said. He said, but when you leave here, he said, go tell my disciples and Peter. He specifically said, Peter, why? He said, because when your character has been assassinated, Peter's probably walking around beating up on himself. Peter's probably walking around saying, I shouldn't have done that. I should have owned him when I should have. I should have been with the rest of the disciples, but I, I didn't. I, I denied him. He said, but go tell Peter. He said, I, I, he said, tell Peter because the devil wants nothing more for him to be living in shame. I'm telling y'all, this is a real deep, this is, a, I feel real strong deliverance happening in the room. The Lord told me it was going to be, might not be the hypest one you've heard, but you're going to leave out of here feeling free. He says, he's walking around in shame because of his decision. He's walking around feeling guilty because that's what the devil does. The devil will draw you in and then, and, then, and then point his finger at you that you did what he suggested you do. Make you feel condemned. He said, but go tell Peter, Carrington. He said, because I'm not through with him. He said, tell Peter the confession he made earlier. I'm still going to do something with that. He said, tell Peter he's not through because later on, Peter's going to, he's going to preach over in the day of Pentecost. And when he preaches and when he confesses, over 3,000 people are going to give their life to Christ. He said, so, so go get Peter and tell him he can't stay there. 
He said, because the last thing you got to grow in is you got to grow in your confidence. Because some of y'all love God, but you don't think he loves you. You don't think he loves you because you failed in your character. So he said, go tell the one who now feels like he can stop where I really want him to start. He said, go get Peter. Go get him. So he goes to get Peter. Scripture says later on, this last scripture I have for you, two more scriptures and I'm through. I hope this is ministering to you. The last scripture he says, because Jesus appeared to many different people after he got up from the grave. And one time he appeared on the banks and uh, he had breakfast. Y'all didn't think Jesus ate. Oh, he does. He likes IHOP. So Jesus, he, he likes turkey bacon and stuff. You know, he, he went and he, he ate. He ate hash brown casserole. He went beside the banks and he met with Peter and he said to him, he said, hey, do you love me? He said, you know, I love you. He said, feed my sheep. Jesus asked him again. He said, do you love me? He said, of course I love you. He said, feed my sheep. He said again to him, he says, do you love me? At that time, Peter was upset because he's like, why are you asking me the same question over and over again? Jesus basically said, I'm asking you these questions, not because you denied me three times. I just want to make sure that when you're tested in that area again, you don't fail in that again. You're going to mess up again. I just want to make sure you don't mess up in the same area again. Whoo, Jesus. He said, you're going to have opportunities to mess up. But I'm asking you the same question over and over again. Because I just want to make sure that you don't fail in the same thing again. Can we make a confession right now saying, I'm not going to fail in that again. Not, not that one. He says, I'm asking you just because I want to make sure that you don't mess up in that. You'll mess up, but not in that. He says, I want, to, I want to give you confidence that your character is built in that area. I want to make sure your character has been developed in that. So I'm going to keep asking you so that when you walk away from me, you know you've got victory over that. Is there anybody who can just lift your hands right now and say you at least got victory in some area of your life? Just somebody lift your hands just because I know there are areas we're working on. But can you give God praise for the areas you do have victory over to say I'm not dealing with that no more. I'm dealing with this, but I'm not dealing with that because I've got I've got confidence in that thing. Not arrogance, but confidence. So we find out I'm through here. We find out obviously that Peter grew in that area because in first Peter the fifth chapter we find out that he says to them he says be sober be sober minded he said I'm not talking about your drinking I'm talking about making sure your mind is right he said be sober minded be watchful he said because your adversary the devil he's going about like a roaring lion he said I'm, let me testify I know He's going about like a roaring lion seeking who he can tear apart. He's looking for somebody to tear apart. He said, but resist him. Someone say resist. He said, resist him steadfastly.
steadfast in your faith. I don't want to miss this part right here. He said, I want you to resist him. I want you to stay steadfast. He said, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood. What that means is you are not the only one struggling in an area. I was talking to somebody just yesterday, a, a younger a college student. I was talking to him yesterday, and they were talking about they didn't. They were, they were confessing something. They were going through something. They were going through with something that they're dealing with in their in their body, and they were confessing it. And they were saying, "I didn't want to say anything because I was wondering how people would look at me." I said, "The only reason anybody would ever look at you wrong is because they're living a lie." I love when the church gets quiet. We get loud when it talks about, when I think about Jesus, what he's done for me, when I think about Jesus, how he set me free, I can dance, 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 dance. But what about what? When I think about Jesus, all he's done for me, I fail, 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 most times. That's the real church. You see how quiet it is? Because no one wants to let you know I fail. I mess up. Because we have higher standards for other people than we do of ourselves. So my pastor can't fail. I can, but he can't. Because the first family... It's perfect. One of my brothers here, I won't say who it was, said he was going to do some dinner for us a few weeks ago, a few weeks, uh, next week or something. And he said, uh, he texted me, he said, you know, I want to do dinner for the first family. I said, who's the first family? He said, you know, I said, no, I don't. Who is the first family? He said, you know, first family at Growth Point. I said, well, when you meet them, let me know. And some of y'all like, you know what he meant? What I'm saying is I dismantle every time you try to put me at a place I don't deserve. Y'all, see, y'all don't, you know, three claps on that. Because raise the pastor, make him perfect. No. My name was Simon too. You can't put me at a place so that you can put me up on the cross and judge me. There was only one person that I only see on the cross and there's only one person who took my sins and there's only one person who deserves to be praised and there's only one person who took my wrong and there's only one person who went to an empty grave and there's only one person who got up three days later and his name ain't Mario Jamil Rapper. his name is Jesus. So if anybody's gonna be exalted, it is Jesus and him only. That's why I don't have three chairs up here. One for me, one for my wife, and one for Miles. The only one I know of the throne is Jesus. And elders are taking off their crowns and laying them before him. Why do I sit on the front row? It's because it's a reminder every week to tell me that God can raise up who he wants to and he can put down who he wants to. I am just one of you who God happened to just use.
I'm not better than you. My name was Simon Simon, and he desired to sift me like wheat. But the only reason I'm preaching is because grandmama prayed for me. Mama prayed for me. Daddy prayed for me. Friends prayed for me. My family prayed for me. That's the only reason I'm up here. I like some of the same stuff you like, but oh, but it's grace. If it was not for his grace, I would be just like anybody else. I'm through, Brandon. He said, resist him. Knowing that the same type of suffering is through everybody else. This is the last part I'm through. And after you have suffered a while. Those of you who are sitting right here. You're suffering in silence. Those of you who are sitting in church and you came here because you're suffering. And tears are behind your mask and you don't want anybody to know that you're really crying under your weave. You want everybody to think you all together, but underneath all that stuff, you're suffering. You only came to church because you've been suffering at home and you don't want to suffer at home on Sunday. You want to suffer among other people. Come on, Kenan, I'm through. He said... After you have suffered a while, this is the part that encourages me. Those of you who are live streaming, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, this is the part that blessed me, will himself. Y'all miss it. Go tell my disciples and Peter. Y'all still missed it. He said, the one who messed up, I'm going to go get him myself. <laughs> he said, because the church isn't going to go after him, but I'm going to go after him. Y'all still miss it. He said, people will leave you in your wrong, but I'm going to go after the one. I will leave the 99 and go after every Peter. God's coming for you. He's coming for you. He's coming. You don't have to wait to come to him. He's coming for you. And I came to make I came came to make that announcement. Ready or not, he's coming for you. Ready or not, he's not gonna leave you in your and he's not gonna leave you in your failure. He's coming for you. He said, God Himself, He will restore, He will confirm. He will strengthen and he will establish you. Someone lift your hands right now and say, he will. Say it again. Say, he will. What that means, everything that was taken from me, he will give it back. Everything I gave away, he'll give it back to me. Every piece of myself that I gave to somebody else, he will restore me. Somebody in the room say, he will restore me. Weeping may endure for a night. Oh, but joy. Y'all want to know what my message title was? He said, because I want to make sure you grow your confession. You can grow in your confidence. You're going to grow in your, your character and your confidence. He said, every stage, you're going to have to make this confession. No matter where you are, I want you to say it out loud. I'm going to grow from this. 
Somebody say it again. I'm going to grow from this. You will not stay in it. You will grow from it. If you believe that you would give him praise and glory, that he will allow you to grow from every failure. You'll grow from every heartache. You'll grow from every pain. You'll grow from every mistake. I wish I had some single parents who had a hard life when you were teenagers, but look at how you grew from it. Wish I had some people who had addictions and now instead of your addiction, now you have the addiction. The addiction does not have you. Someone say it again, I will grow from this. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at My Growth Point. Until next time, keep growing.